Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the opportunity to sit down and chat to amazing humans about their journeys. For these episodes, we're talking about neurodiversity. I'm really happy today to introduce and welcome back Will Blundell to the conversation. Welcome, Will. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. Will and I first sat down and recorded back in June 2021, where he told us his journey with mental health and also with his neurodiversity, which is uh, to talk about autism. But Will, tell us another story. Tell us about your life with <laughs> autism um, and your journey. Sure. Yeah. So, um, where, well, where do I start? So, um, uh, as as ever, I'm going to sort of summarise these sort of things before I get going. So, yeah. um, I was given an adult diagnosis of autism in uh, 2018. Um, so it's about about five years ago now, um, and it's uh, it's sort of only just on the spectrum. So what I really want to focus with today is the grey zone because it, people know that it's a spectrum by now, um, but so then they and they have ideas about what it means to be autistic, and those are usually at one end of the spectrum. It's the bit, it's the grey area in the middle where there's a lot of people, I would imagine, um, that uh, still trying to figure figure things out, and sometimes it takes a life event or two to kind of make you go through that journey so that's the sort of thing I want to talk about um a little bit about my background so you can sort of see where I'm come coming from and um I guess I guess I guess why it was an adult diagnosis and wasn't picked up earlier kind of thing um I had a pretty lucky upbringing um private schooling went through exams GCSEs all those A levels bits and pieces without any particular trouble um plenty of friends um I was always one of the quiet ones um that was about pretty much the only defining thing that was on every single report card for about five years um and I had two older brothers as well so I had quite a lot sort of handed to me given to me um I got the grades to study uh, dentistry at London University in London um and um no particular difficulties to start with but it was uh, the the five years became harder and harder. I had no idea why at the time. Um, it was um, I, I was obviously obviously to, to be a dentist. You have to work with patients. Obviously, you have to talk to people every day, all day, every day. And um, it was uh, it was very hard to begin with. I was very lonely in first year, but it did get better, I suppose, to begin with. Um, it was. Um, it, it's difficult because I'm trying to think back with the mind that I have now where mm. it wasn't the mind that I had back then mm. uh, so it came across at the time of me being forced out of my shell becoming more confident I picked up a lot of the communication skills that I that I show these days um, and I learned to sort of mask again that sort of today's brain thinking about that mask all the problems and interactions and bits and pieces that I had back then yeah. um, I did graduate um again exams weren't too much of a problem um and went into general practice and that is when things started to go downhill i um when it was five patients a day when it was when i was at university that wasn't so bad but when it hits 20 30 40 patients a day um i just could not take the mental load the emotional load of mm. um i like to describe it as like my emotions bouncing from one yeah. person to the next because when it comes to like um communication you have to kind of meet the same energy as the other person um or, or find a compromise and that takes a lot of work that takes work for everyone but for me um and what i later know as a kind of an autistic sort of a symptom i suppose it's not, maybe the right way um is it was just a lot harder on me it was a lot more difficult to do so 
um, it would wear me down day after day. And I started to, now looking back, see the symptoms of um, arriving exactly on time, not early, just exactly on time, struggling to get out of bed. Every minute in bed was precious kind of thing. Um, depression was creeping in. Um, and there was just a sort of living for the weekend, surviving. And that's the better word, surviving until the weekend. Right. Um, that feeling of relief when a patient misses an appointment, so I get 10 minutes off sort of thing. It's oh, it's wow. these these sort of kind of be warning signs at the start. Um, and I probably wouldn't have lasted three years if I'd spotted some of these sort of warning signs a bit earlier um, in practice. But um, yeah, so um, it was, um, it continued to get worse. I had no idea what was going on. Other sort of issues crept in at the same time. Um, and my mental health just continued to deteriorate until I had to, uh, until I resigned. Um, I had no plan for the future. I just knew that I had to get out. So I did. Um, and um, things started to just collapse without the structure of work and everything. Um, I had a sort of full on mental meltdown um, that triggered five years of um, sort of mental health problems and self-discovery which are fortunately long behind me now. Um, yeah. But it was in that um, it was in that period of self-discovery where I got the, uh, the diagnosis of autism. And I think it is the turning point, um, I would say, because it started to refocus some of the thoughts mm -hmm. that I was having. Um, can I ask you, can I just ask you a very quick please. question there? So what, mm. what led you to thinking autism might be present? Was it some a conversation you had with somebody or was it, how did that come about? Hmm. Um, no, that's a good question. So uh, it certainly wasn't the first thing uh, that was considered mm. um, in those first few months after retiring. Well, <laughs> resigning. Retire, it, it retiring. Wasn't, it wasn't, Say you retired. That's fine. It, yeah. <laughs> well, technically I am now. I could have yeah. called it um, just leaving at the time. But yeah, um, yeah it was it was the, uh, I would say the usual things. The, um, the things like uh, depression and anxiety, generalized anxiety mm. disorder, um, a bit of eating disorder in there crept, crept in as well. Um, and a couple of other things. Um, autism wasn't really considered. Mm. Um, I think that's a lack of understanding, perhaps on the family's part, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of my family have what I would now describe as autistic traits, but no one else has been diagnosed with it. So, yeah. you know, maybe there's a bit of that, but it's not a diagnosis was this was the sort of stance back then. Yeah. Um, but but we never figured stuff out for those sort of year or two. Uh, we went. I went through a long list of differential diagnoses with various psychologists and and things. A yep. um, couple of people wrote a case study on me because they couldn't figure me out. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, because it was just uh, there was about sort of five. Should we, should we call it five various problems that all just sort of meshed together, and no one could kind of really sort of figure out. Um, the medications weren't helping enough. Um, and uh, hawking therapies weren't helping enough. They all did a little bit, but never really sort of figured it out. But it was the autism that sort of once um, once I went sat through that uh, diagnosis um, and let it settle in a bit, I could start to pull out some of the symptoms of, okay, so that isn't something of ill health. That is something that is just me, as it were. Yeah. Um, so it was this kind of um, sifting out of the symptoms where... Uh, you could take something and go, um, okay, so I'm feeling down all the time. Well, that's that's depression. We can leave that one with depression. Or um, I really cannot tolerate, is that the word? Uh, I really cannot stand uh, hanging out with people for long periods of time. I just seem to get far too tired far too quickly. 
Yep. Um, doesn't matter how my mental state is, it's just so draining more than anyone else. And that used to be stuck in the depression box, but now it's stuck in the autism box. Okay. Um, and a whole long, basically I had to do that for every sort of symptom that I'd listed for years. Um, but that started to, started to work because then I could treat the symptoms, mitigate the problems of the ones that I could and try to learn to accept the ones that I couldn't. Um, and that took a couple of years, I think, to sort of fully, <laughs> fully settle in, although it's a journey that never ends, of course. Um, um, I think most importantly, um, it's expectations, ma- matching and managing expectations, um, where, uh, it, you know, 20 years ago, it was the expectations of people in authority, um, um, parents, uh, professors, uh, all the rest of that, uh, but then it was my own expectations, which are usually the most damaging from my perspective. Um, yeah. But now I can sort of refine, um, set more realistic expectations for myself. So I can say, uh, no, I don't need to do that. Or um, yes, I can do that differently or something like that. Now that I've got the got the knowledge sort of forearmed. Um, so. Um yeah so just to highlight it's that gray zone um where i am on the spectrum but only just and Mm -hmm. uh because i went through that five years of dental school it's it's masked i can pretend that i'm neurotypical um i i guess but um i now know to deal with these sort of things like this this for example this interview is pretty draining for me i can do it i'm i can communicate effectively but i've got nothing else social planned for the rest of the day just in case that okay it's 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 too much for me kind of thing um so it's i just sort of structure my life in ways that are um that are more 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 me my natural self i suppose yeah, I don't, I, you know, Will, I find it fascinating. And thank you for sharing all mm. of that and, and you know, helping people to see the perspective that you live with, you know, in terms of the the autism. Is it, what I find interesting, of course, is, you know, that, that you know, you're doing a great job and you're you're looking after yourself. And, of course, you, you went through that journey to become a dentist and then retired from that role, you know. Yeah. So I love that thought. Um, <laughs> I retired from all my previous jobs as well. The, uh, <laughs> but... But what about sort of right now in terms of, sort mm. of people around you as well? So one of the things, obviously, we were trying to bring out for neurodiversity sort of celebration week is is awareness for people who don't who are who are I guess yep. neurotypical, right? How do people yep. around you work with you? How do they or do they know much about sort of what's going on for you? So um, I'm quite happy to talk about these things. That's why I'm here. So everybody yeah. around me does tend to know. Um, I'm lucky to say that I think everyone is pretty understanding of it. Okay. Um, the kind of um, compromises i suppose the kind of um accessions i i i ask them are, are pretty small most of the time it just it doesn't have much of an effect but there's yeah. the odd work task that i have to mm, kind of i want to say shy away from so sometimes just say no to uh the cold calling i'm kind of doing a bit of like five different roles at work at the moment so uh-huh. if i have to do something like cold calling um 30 40 calls or something that 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 triggers that same sort of yeah um, i'm i'm gonna be in bed tomorrow i <laughs> think right, yeah. um um so so sort of slide my work self away from those sort of tasks or ask for something different um family and friends are perfectly fine with it um they like the um objectivity that i can bring to chats people come to me for advice and bits and pieces because um okay they 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 they, they find my 
way of breaking down problems um, a little different to everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, so people see me as a kind of problem solver or at least yeah. someone opinionated. So, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that helps to solve problems at times, right? You, it's just, it certainly can. the opinions um, formed from facts. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So, um, so it's so a bit of that. So I've, so I've picked yeah. up a mental health first aid, uh, first aider sort mm. of um, certificate to kind of um, put the things that I've learned into, into yeah. nice neat boxes and I can help people more. Yeah, that's great. And, and, you know, you you obviously understand different perspectives and then you understand from your own personal experience. So you've mm. got that um, to add into that as well. And and how are you finding those conversations? And, you know, thinking about sort of how even just us doing this is quite tiring and draining. Having a conversation yep. when somebody's telling you they're really struggling. How How's that feeling for you? Um, yeah, it's... Um, if... I enjoy fixing other people's problems. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's my yeah. own conversations. It's my own emotions that that really drain uh, drain me. Okay. Um, so two hours with a friend on some relationship issue, for example, uh, isn't anywhere near as draining. Uh, to be honest, because I remain that sort of objective mm. um, distance almost. Um, like I can provide the emotional support, but that's not what people go to me for. So by the time I have, by the time friends come to me for uh chats it's usually the what do i do what do i do next will kind of kind of kind of chats um and as i say helping other people is fantastically rewarding um at least for these sort of conversations so yeah well that's good and uh, you know that's that's why we do what we do right with these conversations and why why we're there to help and support people um what's your biggest challenge in terms of sort of you know day-to-day routines anything that sort of stands Mm. out for you that you struggle with the the most i know obviously some of the conversations like these will tire you but anything else yeah um yeah it's i suppose there's a bit of frustration um a lot of my i I do have a lot of time at the moment and Mm -hmm. i've got to sort of self-motivate um and that can be that can be difficult for example if i want to continue my writing and become an author i need to start sticking in several hours a week uh, (laughs) in order to sort of make that happen and it's it's difficult to find the motivation when i'm say left a bit drained from something the previous day or something i um i don't want to just binge watch another netflix series (laughs) well sometimes that's not a bad thing right so, sometimes it's a good thing enjoy but... that i guess it depends what you're watching right everything in moderation and all that yeah yeah, yeah. but you inter- interestingly you, you spoke about something there about your writing yeah um is that something that you've enjoyed forever is that something that it, it is sort of you recently it is some of my first few memories of writing very um uh, uh, writing stories when i was you know single digits so right. um yeah and i think i'm gonna turn that from a hobby into more of a second income stream hopefully at some point um I learn how to interact with people. It was never sort of innate. As I say, that's the, the dental yeah. bit again. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I, I I like to watch people. I like to understand people. And that hopefully translates into how to write a good character. Um, huh? And interesting perspectives on life usually results hopefully in good stories so put the two together and hopefully we've got a novel um I, I guess we'll see <laughs> amazing well you did tell me before we recorded this you you've already sort of you know invested a lot of time in writing some it's, of this stuff as it's, well, right? yeah somewhere along the journey yes yeah. so not too far brilliant. that's brilliant i love that and it, would you say that's sort of a, a gift of you know who you are you have that ability because you have that objectivity yeah. that different way of seeing things there's there's yeah, absolutely so there's a we've covered some of the limitations i find there's mm. just um in this can i say something like in this part of the spectrum yep. um it's where you get these sort of things where you're kind of you're kind of skewed you've got some disadvantages and some advantages yeah so i i've got a um, a natural gift for spotting patterns and trends 
um, which is good from anything from like predicting a budget <laughs> to, um, oh. to to working out how someone's going to react in certain situations. Right. Um, sort of that sort of insight. Um, um, I've got that sort of um, bit of a. I've got. Um, uh, see, I have lists for everything, so let me refer to That's my brilliant. list. Brilliant, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, well, it's, some of the times these lists get a bit too long. Uh, yeah, so sort of, uh, I learn very quickly. So if you, if if that's why I'm doing a bit of five different jobs at work, because mm -hmm. because people are like my job is quite quiet as I transition to something slightly different, and yeah. everybody else's job is kind of kind of hectic. So they give me brand new tasks, and I pick them up quickly and efficiently. Right. Um, so I'm 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 that sort of guy. Yeah, that's good, and that, and that's and that's on the positive side, right? So that's absolutely. That's so yeah. you, so what other positive? Any other positives in there that you've you've explored? Um, I have to say, uh, something along the lines of imagination. Um, I, I don't know how you quantify how, how good you are at imagining things, but I, but I seem to be able to wrap my head around yeah. lots of sort of different things that other people can't. So, um, yeah, helps me, helps me be creative. Yeah. Brilliant. And I think that, yeah, those, and they're, they're skills that businesses and organizations are looking for as well now, aren't they? That's so right. you're seeing a lot more about it and that's what we're seeing as well, you know? So hence the reason it's a celebration week of neurodiversity in many ways, because it's looking at yeah. all the positive things. Of course, we need to understand the other challenges that you would go through in those you know experiences of life. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, we're in a world that's built for neurotypical people and it's not always as easy to sort of navigate through that. If, if you know, indeed. So, uh, you know, this is great. I I so love chatting to you again and, and sort of catching <laughs> up. What else have you got on your list? Is there anything else on your list you want to share? Oh, let's, let's, uh, there's always more things on the list. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the the the, the principal um, sign, I suppose, would be the technical term, symptom of um, of of what I struggle with on a day to day basis, uh, called alexithymia. But basically, it's the disconnect between what I feel. Uh, use the right words what i experience as an emotion or what i feel how i perceive those emotions so yep. so i see feelings as the perception of an emotion now for most people that's fairly innate um you um let's say you're hungry therefore you feel hungry and um so so you you have a lack of food you feel hungry uh, so you go eat now that that process is innate in most people for me it doesn't seem to work quite as well so i can I can mismatch. I can sort of miss uh, cross my wires on something. So if I used to probably still do um, confuse anxiety and hunger, for example. So I'd I'd experience experience one, but feel the other sometimes. And that's what sort of caused the eating disorder. Um, yeah. That was never particularly serious, but it was there, and I had to figure out that connection existed first, um, and then I did, and then that was the end of the eating disorder. So. Right. wasn't so bad but there's other things like the the quietness that i mentioned on every report card it's the that was put down as a sort of lack of confidence it, it mm. wasn't at all it was um it was tiredness <laughs> um right, okay so and what was triggering the tiredness was it the change was it something that was going on around the, that moment no so the, just the school environment the university environment it was that sort of constantly being around other people the noise yeah. yeah um you know i'm the quiet one because i'm uh, because I wasn't confident was just was just how it was described by everybody around me and oh. by myself at the time yeah. when in fact I was perfectly confident I just I was just I was just tired <laughs> just tired from all of that yeah sensory overload and, and so yeah. from, from a sensory perspective just touching on that briefly you know anything yeah. else obviously the noise the, the sound the environments but anything else that you've noticed in sort of key senses for you um 
so there were certainly patches of that in that self-discovery five years mm-hmm. um where sounds would just be complete overloads yeah. now though no um because a, a symptom of depression is also that sort of auditory yeah o- overload kind of thing um and that was one of the symptoms that i took a while to sort of put in the right box i thought mm. okay well maybe that is an autistic kind of thing because i know that autistic people can can struggle with that but no it actually for me it seemed to go in the depression box um okay. um so so not so much that one no it's sensory mm. i think apart from my own experience of my emotions i don't think there's much sensory yeah okay that's interesting so, yeah different people different experiences of course and yeah what I'm, what I'm finding fascinating about recording these episodes is is hearing everybody's differences yeah you know the and the uniqueness of everybody which is just you know it's a wonderful beautiful thing but it's also a challenge because it's it's almost we've got to learn everything about everything and indeed, indeed, just yeah. to be able to but you know what the best way we can do it is have, have conversations like this so i think that's yeah. the, the simplest way isn't it um we are right at the end of this will this time just disappears it's sort of floats <laughs> away but just final thoughts from you. Any messages you want to send to people? Anything you want to share? Just a final thought. Mm, um, mm. Uh, for, for me, it was about learning as much as possible. Yeah. Um, because we got uh, fantastic doctors, medications, lots of stuff out there. Uh, it was, I think, me that had to put it all together. Um, yeah. So learning about yourself is a very worthwhile pastime. Brilliant. I love that. Well, we'll leave that as the final thought, shall we? Learning about yourself is a very (laughs) worthwhile pastime. I think that's really useful. And I do believe that that's part of the journey that most people don't realize they should be on. But until 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 they're forced to go on it sometimes. yeah. Unfortunately, the truth. Right. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining me again. I really do appreciate it. It's been amazing to to hear you. Give me give me more insights into your world and uh, and the things that you're doing. I just want to wish you all the very best of luck with everything in the future. Um, look after yourself. You know, happy retirement from dentistry. And <laughs> good luck with good luck with the future as the 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 novelist and writing books and everything else. Yeah, amazing. Stuff. Thank you. All the best to you, mate. Look after yourself. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers.